All righty, shalom and bracha to all. I'm just going to make sure that this is recorded. recorded. Wonderful. We are going to jump in, Be'ezer Hashem, to our inner dimension, Parshashir. Thank you so much for joining and learning with me. Um, a quick announcement before we begin. Be'ezer Hashem, you heard it here first. On August 26th, and Chai Elul, the Baal Shem Kaddish, his birthday, Be'ezer Hashem, we are going to be running a LPI fundraising campaign. Be'ezer Hashem, to fundraise for the coming year, we have a tremendous amount of incredible projects that we are planning, and the vision is very wide and very vast and very deep, and we're Baruch Hashem affecting and changing many, many people's lives and ways of thinking, but there's a whole lot more that needs to be done that we can do and that we will do, Be'ezer Hashem, with the help of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and with all of your help. So we're going to be actually trying to empower ambassadors to take on um, some sort of amount that they're interested in taking a chryas for trying to raise friends and family to speak to those who will understand the positive impact that LPI has had on their lives and their in, you know, connection to the shiurim and their connection to all of the content that we're sending out and so on and so forth. So I'm going to be reaching out to all of you individually, but if you're interested in partnering with me and trying to make this a reality because it's mamish, what Mashiach promised the Baal Shem Tev. When am I coming? And this is very, very, very much part of it. I really believe that. So if you're interested in partnering and helping us out, please be in touch with me personally and we'll discuss further Be'ezer Hashem. There's a lot of incredible things that we're, um, we're getting ready to really send out into the world. So thank you so much for that. And a reminder again about our Tisha of film, Be'ezer Hashem, going live on Sunday, Besiyat Shmaya, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. If you haven't registered yet, please do so. And uh, it's something very special. I mean, you don't, you, don't, you don't get a chance like that to be able to hear somebody who was born in 1921 describe what it was like, Yom Naroim, by the Imre Emes of Ger, and Friday night by the Piyasetzner of It's It's really, it's a tremendous thing. It's a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. Okay, so we're looking forward to that as well. And um, I am going to share my screen so we can all see the sources. I hope that you all had a phenomenal week. And let us jump right into it. Okay, so I hope that you can hear me. I can't see you, but I assume that you can see me. And um, all with the help of the master of the world. Okay, so we have two pieces here from the Heligabas Ayin. And we're going to try to focus primarily on the first piece. That's what I feel is more important, specifically to our setup of Tisha B'Av, Matzah Shabbos, and the Indian of Shabbos, and the Indian of Tisha B'Av, and the Indian of Eretz Yisrael, and obviously the first Pasuk in Parshas Devarim and Sefer Devarim. Um, but I do have a second piece here on the bottom that if we are going to have time, Be'ez Hashem, I'd like to get to as well. It's in a similar vein, but Be'ez Hashem will try to knock off both all with the help of the master of the world. Okay, so without further ado, B'Shem Hashem, Na'asem and Atzliach, thank you again for joining, and let's jump right into it. It says the Hilgit Sadik on the first Pasuk in Parashas Devarim, in Sefer Devarim, Ayoyimar Eilwa Devarim Asher Diber Moshe, these are the words that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu was introducing to, to, to uh, Am Yisrael this very lengthy conversation, this very lengthy speech that Moshe Rabbeinu delivers to Am Yisrael, preparing them for their entry into Eretz Yisrael, um, led by Yoshua. And so the Sefer begins, and the parasha begins with Eilah HaDvarim, presenting the words that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke. And this is the beginning of this very lengthy conversation that Moshe is having, this very lengthy presentation to the Bnei Yisrael. V'darsh Rabbeinu Zal, Chazal Darshin, in another place, on another Pasuk, 
Eila Hadvarim, that these words that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to Am Yisrael, again, it's in a different Pasuk, but it's the same words, Eila Hadvarim, his here, Al-Tal Malacha Yishol Shabbos, this was Moshe Rabbeinu teaching to Am Yisrael the 39 Malacha Shabbos. So the 39 Malachas of Shabbos are learned out from the words Eila Hadvarim, albeit in a different context, but over here, the Bas Ayin is going to similarly say that these words, Eila Hadvarim, right before the entry to Eretz Yisrael, are also correlating to the, uh, the 39 Malachas of Shabbos that really create for us the framework. Like somebody once beautifully said, he said, did you ever hear a person you know, complaining about the, restriction, the restrictions of Shabbos? Shabbos is so difficult, we don't even think about it, hopefully. We don't even think about it. There's nothing as beautiful as Shabbos Kodesh. The restrictions are what they are, and we call them restrictions because they prevent us from doing certain things. But much deeper than that, they allow for a framework to be able to set the tone, to be able to bring in a certain ambiance of holiness, a certain atmosphere that we're privileged to be able to have these guidelines to really create for ourselves mamish a day. You know, can you imagine if you had, for example, I know that everybody in America, you know, and, and around the world, but Western culture is very, very much celebrity oriented, right? There's something to that. There are, they call them idols, right? Chevra who al You know, either you agree with them, you don't agree with them, but the chevra that mamish follows certain celebrities, every word out of their mouth is, is literally gold. They could, you know, there are certain people that could literally alter the stock market based on certain comments that they make about different companies and so on and so forth. So if you had a person like this, let's say, who would mamish introduce the concept of Shabbos. Obviously, it's not for the nation to the world. It's for Am Yisrael. But can you imagine, in some form or another, to introduce a novel concept, like nobody ever heard of it before, it would be the most wonderful gift. I mean, people would, would, would create a whole lifestyle, like the Shabbos lifestyle, what this means. Apologize, I'm just going to cancel out the, uh, the WhatsApp here. What this means, the Shabbos lifestyle, to have this inyan of, of having one day that mamish we could just devote to, 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 to just our families, to break off from, from all the, all the inyanim of, of, of technology and so on and so forth. It would be the most wonderful, beautiful thing in the world. But Hayois, that it's a religious thing, it's archaic and it's, and it's antiquated and it's something that we have no shaykhs with. But if you think about it, essentially it's mamish, like Chazal say, Matana toiva yeshli bebeis genazai v'shabish shema. HaGadosh Baruch Hu says, I have a matana, I have a gift for you, mamash a gift, So we don't think about the restrictions, Lamates Malachas, it's mamash setting the stage for the most wonderful day of connection, for the day of the Shechina, for the day of deep, deep intimacy, and uh, connection and correlation with our family, with all of the deeper inner uh, messages of life, and that's what Shabbos Kodesh is. And also, parenthetically, I heard from Rav Avram Tzvi Kluger. He writes in the beginning of his Sefer, Yichra Shabbos, in the first volume. It's like a three-volume masterpiece, Yichra Shabbos. But in the first volume, right in the beginning, he says, what's pshat that there are no real, at least on the level of the Arisa, there are no mitzvahs hayoyim of Shabbos. There's an inning of, obviously, Kiddush, Shamar, Vizachar, there are a whole bunch of Drabanans, Oynik Shabbos, right? Daber Davar, Hiluchecha, all of the uh, inyanim of the Drabanans of, of Shabbos. But there's no, there's no, the Iker Shabbos, when you think about it, the mitzvahs is, is of Shamars, Lamatas, Malachas, that's the Iker Limud of Shabbos. It's not so much in the way of what Kibud is, what Oynik is. Of course, there are Simanim and Shulchan Aruch that deal with these things. But the Iker Limud of Hilcha Shabbos is the Loisaseis. He says, Hayatachin, how could, how could it be that there's no mitzvah? Just like there is sukkahs, you have the arba minim, you have the sukkah and pesach, the matzahs and the yai and the yayin and the seder of chule. What about Shabbos? So he says, "Mamash, a beautiful thing." He says, "You know what it is, Shabbos." 
He says, Shabbos is so holy. Shabbos is so exalted that any doing is already going to is already going to bring it down to the level of what we can accomplish, of what we can do. Even the highest mitzvahs and the highest nikudas, it's already limiting. But he says the only way to tap into this elevated spirit of Shabbos is specifically by not doing. And that means to say that we're still engaged in religious acts, but that act is sort of getting out of the way, just saying like, I, I have no you know, actual impact on the holiness of the day. I'm going to not do and in so doing, create a space of all the things that I'm not doing and allow the gift of Shabbos to settle in unearned, irrespective of our actions, because any actual action is going to, uh, is going to be too lowly to, to be able to capture that holiness of Shabbos. Very beautiful thing. So that's the Nakud over here. The Lama Tes Malachas of Shabbos are hinted to in the words, Eile Hadvar Malachavenzem. Says the Eile Gitzadik to understand this. He received the Pasuk says, Kol Asher Chafet Hashem Asa. Whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, He does. Bashamayim Uva Aretz. In the heavens and on the earth. That's the Pasuk in Tehillim. Kol Asher Chafetz Hashem He does what he wants. Whatever his will is, that what, that's what is done in the heavens and the earth. Kol Mada Avid Rachmana Letav Avid. This is God's good will. Says the Vasayin Ulchayr Machidush Mashmi'ein Vizeh. Lefikdulasi is Baruch. What kind of Chidush is this to tell us? I mean, you're trying to explain to us what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is and you say, oh, he does whatever he wants. I mean, of course he does. What, he should consult with me? Of course HaKadosh Baruch Hu does whatever he wants. What kind of praise is that? To try to talk about the incredible, endless infinity of God that he does whatever he wants in the heavens and the earth. This is a way to try to capture God's greatness. He says he wants to give him a very beautiful, novel interpretation based on the Pasuk. Who is the person that desires life? I'm sorry, I just have to make sure that the WhatsApp is canceled here so it's not going to continue making noise. Okay, that freed us. A little bit of Shabbos. Okay, so what does this mean? Mia ish hechafetz chayim. What is it? The person that desires life. Ki Hashem hu ikar umekar hachayim. He says, what does it mean? The person that desires life. It means the person that wants to be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is chayim. Anything else is not chayim. Hashem is the life of life. He's the soul of souls. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is chayim amiti. V'zeo perusha, and this is the understanding. Kol ish asher chafetz lehiz dabek. This person that wants to connect himself to our Kaddish Baruch who is called the Chai HaChaim, the life of life. That the primary thing that we think about when we wake up in the morning, when we go to sleep at night, is the master of the world. That I do right by him. Am I focusing on him like we speak about so often in every single one of my actions, whether it be spiritual actions, whether it be mundane actions. We spoke about in the Sichas Ranchir. I just sent out. I apologize. I was late, but I sent it out this morning about it. Iker is the Kavana, both in Ruchnias and in Gashmias. You can find Hashem everywhere. From the Ran, we learned that. This is the person who's called Chafetz Chaim. And no matter what he does, he's looking for Hashem. He's looking for the life of life. His focus is primarily not on this worldliness. That's not the Iker of his life. A person like this so he goes back into the Pasuk and he says, Kol asher Hashem. 
He says, what's this Hashem? It doesn't mean whatever God wants. He does in the heavens and the earth. It's referring to the person that's It's referring to the person that's Hashem, a person who lives life with God consciousness that's focused and trying to find Hashem in everything, to bring Him into our lives, to bring Him into our experiences, to elevate every single action that we're doing to a very lofty level of Dveikas Hashem. And we have that ability to connect to Him through everything. Kol Asher Chafetz Hashem. Everything that the person who is Chafetz Hashem, who desires God, who Chafetz Chaim, such a person, Bevadai Asab HaShemayim Such a person certainly is able to go ahead and to accomplish in the union of Shemayim of What does that mean? Heaven and earth. Such a person is bringing about incredible unifications. Such a person is binding heaven and earth, obviously, when we think about blessing. And we think about healing, and we think about unity, and we think about all of these idealistic concepts, they're much more oriented with heaven than with earth for the simple reason that we haven't really found a great deal of that on this earth, right? So if it's anywhere, it's got to be coming from a heavenly place. This world is not the place of achtos. We see that with our own eyes. This world is the place of multiplicity, of disparity, of separateness, of individualism, where I'm me and you're you, and there is eish maim ruach afar and domim tzomeach haim medaber, all of these different chilukim that this worldliness is Split amongst unity, that's heavenly. There's only one heaven. On earth, there's a billion different things, but there's one heaven, that's unity. Healing, which essentially is unity among the different forces of the body, holistic health, all of that, that's heavenly. This world, arets, not so much. What kind of person is bringing down all of that which we associate with heaven? Unity, healing, blessing, uh, happiness, joy, and so on and so forth, into this world? The person that engages with everything from a heavenly perspective. The person that imbues, this is very actually connected to what we learned on Tuesday, right? This is Mamish, uh, you know, Chelek Beis of that. The person who imbues his avoda, whether it's parenthood, whether it's relationships things, whether it's working a nine to five, whether it's big projects, whether it's, you know, whatever the person's doing, certainly spiritually, but even in the mundane sense of the word, maybe specifically in the mundane sense of the word, that a Kodesh Baruch who created humans, not angels. The angels also are very much connected with the Indian of Hasagas, right? And they're able to, you know, contemplate very deep ideas and they understand what God is. But ultimately, a Kodesh Baruch who gave the Torah to us. So it's primarily for those areas of life where we're actually able to apply the Torah in its idealistic vision of what the Jew looks famously, the Baal Shem HaKadosh said, and Rabbi Nachman quotes this, and he got a lot of flack for it. Of course, people weren't so happy with this, but the Baal Shem Tev said, listen to me. He said, if you say that Liman Torah is the most important thing, and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has nachas, when a person learns the halachas of hamachluf parah b'chamar, how a person goes ahead swapping a, a, a cow for a donkey, and all the halachas involved in that Kenyan, he said, could you imagine how much nachas Hashem has when a person actually does chalipin? When a person actually switches a para and a chamar outside in the field, a simple Jew, but he goes and he applies the Torah, how much nachas Hashem, what's the point of learning? So that we can go ahead and do how much, how much nachas, because that's the pinnacle of what it is to be a human Jew, and not an angel. 
But to be a human, a human, and to apply the Torah through our humanity, ah, such a person is connecting heaven to earth. He becomes a channel, she becomes a channel to be able to draw down bracha, unity, healing, joy, peace, and so on and so forth. All of those heavenly related inyanim down into this worldliness. Says the Basai, and that's Pshat and the Pasuk. Kol asher chafetz Hashem. Anything that this person, that's Mia Isha Chafetz Chaim, that's Chafetz Hashem, that's living in a way of Shivisi Avayel and Edi Samar, Ubay Sidbak, all of these Nikudas, a person who lives in such a way of Chafetz Hashem, Asa Bashamayim Uvaaret. Such a person will succeed in forging a channel to allow all the heavenly blessings, all the heavenly associated traits to be able to be drawn down into our reality. That's the pshat in this pasuk. asher Hashem asa b'shamayim to be able to bind these two things together. and this the Bas Ayin explains it was what Chazal tells us in Chagiga. Adam Rishon, that Adam Rishon, the first man who contained all future souls, he reached from earth to heaven. What does that mean? So here we get into the whole conversation. How literal are Agadis, right? And there are those that want to suggest that Agadis are more impactful symbolically and not meant to be applied literally. The morale was certainly in that camp. And it depends whether the morale meant that there's an allegorical level, but it's also, it's also literal. Was Moshe Rabbeinu a giant or was he a giant spiritually? And so on and so forth. I don't know. I'm not getting into that conversation. Of course, there are those that take very strong stances on either side. But ultimately, there certainly is many, many layers with regard to what Chazal tell us. And so when Chazal I'll say that Adam Rishon reached from heaven to earth. Maybe there's a level where that means literally, I wasn't there, I don't know. But certainly that means that there's some Omek there. The Hasidus wants us to listen very carefully to every single word that came out of the mouths of Chazal, even in as much as there is a Pshat level. Look beyond that. And when you looked beyond that, look beyond that. Open up a Ben Yoyada, open up a Maral. Even the most simple statements of Chazal that like, we can understand on a literal level, you know how much depth there is in word choice, in every single letter, and every single visualization, every single you know, uh, uh, metaphor. It's infinite. And so says the Basai, and you look at a Maram Chazal that says, Adam Rishon reached from heaven to earth. What does that mean? What does it mean for you and me? And so he says very beautifully, Remez, he says, it's an incredibly beautiful Remez. To this understanding in this aspect. What it means is, is that Adam Rishon was mamish forging a channel from earth to heaven. That's what it means that he reached from earth to heaven, from heaven to earth. Like we said, based on this Pasuk, to understand this Pasuk, I'm sorry, What does this Pasuk mean that we say every morning? All of the different midas. Right, everything is We've said this often in the past. What this means is that we're going ahead and unifying heaven and earth. That's what it means. It's is a reference to the tzaddik. The tzaddik is called Kichol Bashamayim Uva'aretz. It's a person within whom you can find heaven and earth kissing, within whom you could find an akuda of. Sorry. I'm sorry about that. 
I will help you. Oh, sorry, sorry, I will help you. Sorry about that, Chavra. I'm trying to remove this person. Okay, apparently passwords don't work either. So we're going to have to find um, another, another more intensive way, I guess, to let the Chavra in. I apologize. But let's not let this, let, let this get to it. This is the, the Indian of Minias. And this is what it means, like we said the last time this happened. Adrava, Mamish Adrava. This is the indicator that what we're doing is the right thing, is the most wonderful thing, and we have to push past it, and we have to thank Hashem that we live in a world with distractions so we could be Mekayim. Ubacharta Bachayim, Ashrenu, Mamish Ashrenu. What do they know from what we're learning? What do they know from such a Hasaga? Ashrenu one billion times over that we get to look at this instead of other things. So listen to what, listen to what the Heligabas Ayin tells us. That Sadik says over here, this Paso. This is the tzaddik. He says the very letter tzaddik actually hints to this as well. Because the, word, the letter tzaddik is a yud and a nun. If you look at it carefully, you see a nun, it's a little bit bent over. And then there's a little yud on the side coming out of it. What's yud and nun? What are these two letters? What does it mean to bring them together into the letter tzadi, which of course represents the tzaddik? Shemachaber bechidas yud, bechinas kedusha. It means that this individual who's called the tzaddik, the letter tzaddik, is binding the letter yud, which is always associated with holiness, with kedusha, the first yud of yud kevavke. We know that the first letter in a word is the headquarters of that word. Can you imagine the letter yud of yud kevavke? It's just a little drop. It's a drop of holiness. It's a drop of essential life force. That's the inion of the tipas chayim. That's the yud. And he's binding that. Lebechinas nun. To the letter of Nun. What do we know about the letter Nun? Nun stands for Nefila. Falling. Those that have fallen. The Indian of where things fall to, which is the Indian of the earth and the ground and the lowliness of this world. As David HaMelech left out the letter Nun from Ashrei. Why? Because what's Nun? Nun is Nefila. Soimech Hashem l'chol ha-noiflin. After we have the Somech, we could include the Nun of Nefila. But there's no, there's no Pasuk for the letter Nun, because Nun stands for Nefila. Bechinas Nefilim Ba'aretz. So he says the Basayin, that's what it means when we talk about a Tzaddik. We talk about a person who's able to imbue all of the aspects of those things that fall, of the fallenness of the earth, with the holiness, with the elevated light, and the unity, the simplicity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Kedusha hinted to, to the letter Yud. He's a person that brings light to the world, light into the darkness, clarity, objective morality, to be able to guide people along. And in a way, of course, I very much dislike when such a thing happens, what just happened. But on the other hand, again, it's an opportunity to just contrast what kind of lives we get to live. You don't often see that, you know, back to back in such a stark way. In the middle of a shir, people don't ordinarily barge into the base medrash with such a thing. But over here, you see starkly, I mean, ashrenu, mamash ashrenu, that we get to live lives that are full of light. Are we perfect all the time? No. Sometimes we feel like we have a shaykhis to some of that stuff. Maybe. 
But that's not essentially who we are. We were gifted with the Torah, Daisha, with objective morality, with Doris Yisharim Mivarachim. We live in a world of such craziness. People don't know what it means to have anymore a family structure. Now, people with grandparents, great-grandparents, somebody sent around the picture, a Holocaust survivor in her upper 90s, who gets to be surrounded by, by families, mamas, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Is there an Osher like this? If somebody came to the world and said, I promise you that you're going to be able to have continuity, your legacy will be there. There will be those to take care of you. Wouldn't everybody jump at it? And this is a tipam and ayam of what we get out of Yiddishkeit. And we didn't even earn it. We don't have to pay for it. It's free. The Torah is chinam. Mamayim, like mayim is free and, and, and dvash is free. Everything. It's open to us. What a privilege we have. This is what Torah is. is to bring the light down into the darkness. Otherwise, we have nothing. And it's not restrictive and it's not difficult and it's not a burden. It's the greatest privilege. If a thousand years, we wouldn't be able to earn such a thing. It's essentially a gift, no matter how much we think we earn it. Ashreinu chevra, mamish ashreinu, we have to wake up every morning with, a, with dancing out of bed. What a privilege and what an obligation to bring this to the world. What an obligation. This is the nakud of the tzaddik. He turns the darkness of this worldliness into light. That's why we had Eretz Yisrael. That's why we have Eretz Yisrael. That a Kaddish Baruch who gifted us with this place called the Beis HaMikdash. That a Kaddish Baruch who gifted us with this place called Yerushalayim. Listen to this. He says, Eretz Yisrael is Gematria or Choshech. Or Choshech is Eretz Yisrael. Well, it's probably the word Yisrael actually in and of itself. Eretz it can't be. Because it's too, it's too, it would be too much. But the word Yisrael, that's remarkable. Yes. Wow. The word Yisrael is gematria ar choshech. That's what it means to be a Jew. That's what it means. You and I are little letters of tzadi. A yud and a nun. A yud and a nun. And we vacillate between the two. And oftentimes we're not sure what our identity is and what we really want. But that's the dance is to be able to be people that are in this world with all the struggles of We didn't have that. We wouldn't have the. You understand? That's, that's part of the game. That's ideal. But ultimately, we dance between the two. And hopefully, with, with the passage of time, we're able to draw that yud, that light, what we call in the, in the LPI course, that Indian of Ner Elohim Nishmasadam, the flame, down into the wick that binds it. To illuminate the wick, to make it part and parcel of the atmosphere, of the experience of the flame. Or choshech. That's what it means to be a Jew. What a beautiful remez. That's why the Pasik says immediately after this Pasik, which we'll get back to, the Lamates Malachas, what Shabbos is. And of course, this all comes together this weekend, weekend, this week beginning, this Indian of Shabbos going into Tishaba of what's going on here. Mam is so stark. To go from that period of being able to mamish eat meat, you know, and, and, and mamish or the suspension of all of the things of the nine days, Shabbos is me'in alam haba, and then you go right back into the inning of the week, mamish into a tishabah. Of course, here we're charged with drawing Shabbos into tishabah, with bringing in all of that clarity, with bringing in that taste of what we could have, of me'in alam haba, of a perfected world of goodness, of clarity, of beauty and wonder and God consciousness and a bunch of creations walking around realizing that they're bound in as much as they are creations like everything else is created. The av echad lekulana, like the Baal Tanya tells us in Paraklamad Beis, av echad lekulana. 
to bring that into our experience of Tisha B'Av. But the Pasuk says, Re'ena sati I got his Baruch who says, look, through Moshe Rabbeinu, I've given you the land. You're about to enter into Eretz Yisrael. The words Ha'aretz are osios re'ei tzadik. Ha'aretz is re'ei tzadik. Perish. Tir eves hashkiach v'sez starkel ba'os tzadik. Shemiram is abachinas yichud yud benun. You're going into Eretz Yisrael. You're going into a place where mamish hamachlev parabachamar. You speak about the early chalutzim, the pioneers. They worked the land. They, they, they mamish involved themselves in the soil and in the earth. There was one mashpia who would take off his shoes and socks when he was teaching Torah in Eretz Yisrael because he wanted to be connected to the earth. There's an Indian here of the earth. They say on Rav Cook that when he got here after after writing so much about Eretz Yisrael and longing for Eretz Yisrael, they say I don't know. It's documented. It's written down in. A a book that he kissed the first cow that he saw. He said, ah, Neretz Yisrael, the cacao. He was overcome with emotion. You're coming into this Eretz that has to do with Eretz. He is literally Eretz. But you're going to be imbuing it with the light of Eretz Yisrael, of Ar Choshech. You're going to be bringing down Shefa into the earth. The Beis HaMikdash, like we said, is the place where heaven kisses earth, where we're able to bring up Karbanas and Eish Yerud Menashamayim. And we're able to take the lowliest aspects of Bikurim and fruits and Meiser, all financial things. But we're able to say, ah, but there's a soul to this. There's a soul to being a human. I'm not just a body. I have a soul. And the Torah has a soul. And the world has a soul. And I can find HaKadosh Baruch in my life your job in this land is going to be to find the aspect of tzaddik within the artsios within the physicality aretz is osios or haaretz is osios is the same letters as re'ei tzaddik am nobody says over here calls bisman all of this like we just described all of this was true for when the Beis HaMikdash was built. The Eretz Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael was the way that it should be. With Malchus and the Kain Gadol and Ashras HaShchina. Visham Tziva Hashem Bracha, like the Pasik says over there, HaKadosh Baruch who sends down incredible bracha and incredible blessing. It was at that time and in that place that they were able to get to this incredible asaga. But because of our many sins, nowadays that Eretz Yisrael, in as much as we're coming back and things are moving, we're marching toward the Geula, both Begashmias and Beruchmias, things are happening and the world is getting better all the time. But unfortunately, it's not Bishlemus. We no longer have the ability to live life on that level. Says the Heliga Basayin, and that's why it's such a perfect Basayin for this year's setup of the end of the culmination of the nine days in Shabbos, and then to take that into a Tisha of Zukt Er. Says the Heliga Tzadik, if a person keeps Shabbos properly, and a person stays away from the 39 malachas, and we learn the halacha so that we're able to go ahead and to the best of our ability, or Benachman says, come out impossible, but to the best of our ability, and the only chance we have is if we learn what to do and what not to do. Then we have a chance. And in our kiyam of Shabbos, we have the ability to go ahead and to taste, to taste a little bit of what that was like, to be able to sanctify our lives in this world, to be able to realize that, ah, if I could take one day and set it aside, Kodesh Lashem, 
then a little bit I can make my weak Shabbos dick also. A little bit I can bring some of this emuna, some of this bitachon, some of this clarity that the world was created, that there's a creator, that he didn't just create the world thousands of years ago. Every split second he's speaking the world into existence. He exists, he's real, he loves us, he's part of our lives, he needs us. It takes enormous energy to keep a human being alive. It's not bechinam, it's not stam that we're in this world, that we can do something. If we can bring this into the week, then a little bit, a little bit, we're able to bring back the Kedush of the Beis HaMikdash into our lives, our Kopanim, in whatever way that we can. To become Tzadikim, a little bit Tzadikim. We should have our sagas, a little bit. Even if we're not perfect. And I don't know that it's, it's an ideal to be perfect. It's like saying it's an ideal to be an angel. It's not an ideal to be an angel. I don't, that's, that's like a Marido, it's like a little bit of a rebellion. God creates me a human, and no, I demand, to be, I demand to be an angel. That's essentially what you're saying when you say, no, I need to be perfect. It's not, it's, I'm sorry, you're, you're, in the wrong, uh, you're in the wrong business. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made you a human, and that is necessarily sholel perfection. That's not the point. The point is to be big, but Rabbi Tzaddik says that you can be a tzaddik l'oso davar, that there's an Indian of sanctifying one area of my life, one area of your life, where in that area, I'm a tzaddik. In that, what does it mean, a tzaddik? It doesn't mean a little tzaddikal, you know what it means, perfection. In that area, I'm able to go ahead and to bring down mamish, I'm able to go ahead and to bring down the Indian of, uh, of, of, of Kedusha into our lives. And, um, I mean, obviously it goes without saying not to click any of the links in that chat, obviously. I don't. I can't delete all of that now, but that's that goes without saying. Shabbos, Shabbos is the ability to do it, and so this is the Indian of Shabbos Chazon, what they call it, right? Shabbos Chazon, the Shabbos of vision. Chazon Yeshayo. We read about that vision in the Torah. But what it really means is that in the Shabbos, I could taste a little bit of what we're mourning over. Everybody says, you know, we're so removed from the Beis HaMikdash. I have no conception of what that was. How can I mourn over it? It's as close as opening our eyes to the, to the news feed of the world. It's as close as opening our eyes to all the cruelty that still exists and to children that are crying and to, and to abuse and to terrible traumas and, and terrible things that happen in the world. That's the Khurban. That's Mamish, the Khurban. It's as close as that. And Shabbos, Shabbos is the tikkun. Shabbos is an experience of this Indian of tzaddik. And in as much as we can do that, Memela, we're going to be able to access this incredible level of what it means, Eretz Yisrael, to then move into a tishbav, hopefully a, a fleishiga, uh, you know, freilach a tishbav. But Shabbos is the, is the hakdama to that. And this is what the Pasuk says, This Pasuk that immediately precedes this, that Moshe Rabbeinu told them, Again, is Osios, Re'ei Tzadik, Eretz, Yisrael, Yisrael, Gematria, Ar Choshech. 
But it begins with Eila Hadvarim. Asher Dibar Moshe Be'Ever Ayardin. These are the words that Moshe spoke Be'Ever Ayardin. Perish. Al Shaloi Hayi Be'Eretz Yisrael Adayin. They had not yet come into Eretz Yisrael. They were in very much the same circumstance as us. They were about to enter, but they didn't have it. We lost it. They didn't lose it. But they weren't able to enter. They weren't in Eretz Yisrael yet. Lachain Hizrai Sam Al Tal Malachas B'Shabes Ulushamri Kadas. We learned from the very beginning of the Shir that the words Eila Hadvarim hint to the Lamites Malachos. Chazal learned from the words Eila Hadvarim in another Pasuk that there's an Indian of Lamites Malachos on Shabbos from Eila Hadvarim. Says the Bas Ayin, these words Eila Hadvarim in this Pasuk refer to the same Nakuda. Eila Hadvarim, Lamites Malachos, Shabbos Kodesh. Because I'm about to give you Eretz Yisrael. You're about to enter into the land. But you know what the essence of going into Eretz Yisrael is? Is the Indian of Shabbos. Is the Indian of sanctifying this worldliness. To be able to find pockets of Shabbos in all of what we do. Shabbos is the Kavana. Shabbos is the princess. Shabbos is Shabbos Malka. So Shabbos is the Neshama of life. May we merit to be able to attain this level. And when we move into this Shabbos, it should be a Shabbos filled with vision. It should be a Shabbos chazon. It should be a Shabbos filled with this experience of what life could be like. Just a little bit. It's a little taste. It's a me'ein of alma. It's a me'ein of a me'ein, me'ein alam haba. But within that experience of knowing what it is to be a tzaddik, that it's not just we go to tzaddikim, we, da- we, 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 we learn from tzaddikim, we respect tzaddikim, we can become tzaddikim in this sense of drawing heaven down to the earth. To earth of bringing the you down into the nun of our nefilas, which is this essential uh, identification and characterization of what it is to be a human being, the Indian of nefila. Angels don't have nefilas. Actually, the Pasuk is about nefilam That's an interesting sugya. What does that mean, that the angels fell? Okay, but human beings are essentially falling. It's built into our identity. So to be able to draw that little point of yud, that little point of wholeness, of oneness, of the soul, into the body of our activities, into the body of our uh, uh, you know, different pursuits in this world, that's the Indian of Shemira, Shabbos, drawing it into the six days of the week, igniting the six suns with the element of the princess. This is the Indian of a tzaddik. This is the Indian of Eretz Yisrael, the Beis HaMikdash. This is the Indian of Shabbos Kodesh. Okay, so with the remaining time that we have, let's try to knock off this piece and to learn it, Bezer Hashem. I don't know how deep we can get into it, but we still have some time left, and so let's try to learn this piece, which again, really complements the first teaching in a very, very beautiful way. Again, from the Bas Ayin, on the same Pasuk, he says, we need to understand. How does that work? We're talking about millions of people. Can you imagine a person t- tries to stand up and speak to millions of people? How many people are going to hear him? A hundred, maybe, if he has a very loud voice. Millions of people. And I'm sure that it wasn't a pin drop. I mean, they didn't, you know, put duct tape over the baby's mouth. Like, what are they going to do? There's, there's people make noise, right? Keep millions of people quiet and that one person's voice should reach them all how could it be 
Vashamati mechami. Zechariah the Rachi says, I heard from my father-in-law. I don't know right now who that was. Al pasuk be'evra yardin. What this means that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke these words to Am Yisrael be'evra yardin as they were about to cross over into Eretz Yisrael. Shemerumas by Maimar Chazal. That this is hinting to what Chazal tell us. Melamei chashchina medaberes b'techgurin shal Moshe. It wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu's voice that was echoing millions of people. It was that the Shechina, which of course is, I don't even know if it was verbally, maybe just echoed within their hearts, maybe it didn't even go into their ears, but it went mamish into the lave. But the Shechina spoke from Moshe Rabbeinu's mouth. It wasn't him speaking. It was mamish the Shechina, mamish. The presence of God was speaking. How is that hinted to in this Pasuk? Umarumas, he says, it's hinted to in the words Be'ever Hayardin, which is a place. That segment that was given to the Bnei Shimon, right, on the, on the other side of the, of the Yardin, before they enter into Eretz Yisrael. So he says, Interesting thing. If you look at the words, at the word Yardin and at the letters, What's the next letter in the Aleph base after the Yud is a Chaf. Achar Haresh, after the Resh of the word Yardin is the letter Shin. Achar Adalid comes the letter He. Achar Anun comes Nun Acheres, the long Nun. V'zeu Haremes. Shemoshe Diber in Bechina Shechina. Be'ever Yardin means, Be'ever means to pass beyond Yardin. The letters Yardin. What do you find when you pass beyond the letters Yardin? After the Yud, a Chaf. After the Resh, a Shin. After the Dalet, a He. And after the Nun, an end of Nun. And so that's Eivra Yardin. What does it spell out? Shechina. That teaches us that these words that Moshe spoke to Am Yisrael, Be'ever Hayardin, were Be'ev, it isn't just telling you the physical location where he said them, but he's telling you how he was able to project in such a deep way. Ah, because Be'ever Hayardin, that's how he spoke to them. Be'ever Hayardin, with the Shechina. Ad kan devarav zal a beautiful remes. Ve'ini bechina Shabbos who wanna kudah pinimish shall call yimei hashvua. Shabbos is not only the end of the week. Shabbos is not all, only on the bottom of the week. If you start from Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Shabbos is the deepest day of the week. It's amok. Shabbos also, in a certain arrangement, is actually the middle of the week in the sense that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are still drawing from the Shabbos that was. Wednesday which we start in the Yom L'chun Uranen Al Hashem, it's already a little bit Kabbalah Shabbos, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are drawing from the Shabbos that's going to come. That means to say that essentially the week starts on Wednesday in a certain way, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Shabbos is the middle, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Then it starts again. So Shabbos is very much the middle of the week. It's the Nkuda Pnimis, but not that it's positioned in the middle. It is the center point metaphorically. What is the center? The center is the purpose. It's the thing that everything else revolves around. It's the thing that puts them into motion. It's the Indian of the why. It's the Indian of the tachlis. What's the purpose? Why is everything moving? Because it's revolving around the center point in our terminology. It's the princess. That the six days of the week, the six suns are all oriented toward her. That's why there are six spheros, like we explained in the first chapter, in the second chapter of the book, the story of our lives. It's there because it's going to bring about Malchus. Malchus is the purpose. It's what stirs them into action. It gives them cohesive unity. It gives them purpose. It gives them vibrancy, vitality. 
And so that's what Shabbos represents. Shabbos, we refer to in Shemana Esri of Shabbos as Tachlis, Maisei Shemayim Ba'aretz. The whole world was created just for Shabbos, which means that the world revolves around Shabbos, that the world revolves around this essential consciousness that one day the Yom Shekulei Shabbos, that's the ultimate Tachlis, that's the reason that God created the world, so that one day there's going to be the seventh millennia of the Yemais HaMashiach and then Olam Haba, when the whole world will live on the level of Shabbos and there will be no longer work, there will be no longer anything but sitting and sharing in this incredible sense of unity and goodness and blessing and healing and oneness. We have that vision, Chevra. It's not far off. We have that vision. We have the tools to bring that into actuality. We have to believe in ourselves as Jews, no matter why. Oh, I didn't learn this. I didn't. I don't know this. I'm not... Each and every one of us, like somebody once came to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, it's a little bit different, but someone came to Lubavitcher and he walked in with such, like he was sort of so proud of himself that he was working in Kirov and the Lubavitcher Rebbe's whole thing was Kirov. And so he came to the Lubavitcher Rebbe and he said, I want you to know Rebbe, he said, I deal with Jews that have no Jewish background. That's what he said. And the Rebbe Mamish got angry at him. He said, no Jewish background? No Jewish background? He says, there's not a Jew alive that doesn't have a Jewish background. That's primarily what we are. Connected as we are, disconnected as we are. Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, David. We don't have a Jewish background. Do you know how qualified we are? Each and every one of you. Don't let anybody tell you differently. I don't let anybody tell me differently. It hasn't stopped me. Do you know how qualified we are just by virtue of being Jewish? Do you know that the most basic ideas of our Yiddishkeit are incredibly paradigm shifting for people that aren't familiar with them? Certainly you want to talk about Hasidus, not just to the nations of the world, to Jews. It's things that to us we take for granted. It's like Pashit, of course, that's what a mitzvah is. Connectivity, Tzavsa, it's not a law. That's, that's like changed my life. I mean, what do you mean? You know how many thousands of from Jews are walking around with a, with a different conception of what, of what the Torah is, of what, of what Yitzhiz Mitzrayim is, of what Shabbos is, v'chule v'chule. And now magnify that by the world at large. You know what we have to do. We have to, we have to mamish bring the geula. It's on us. Like the Lubavitch Rebbe said, Karavelt. You have to turn over the world. We can do it. We mam on our worst day. We can do it. I think one of the reasons that Hakadosh Baruch Hu brought Christianity into the world was just to show us the kayach of one very mediocre Jew. That's really all it is. It's like one person. If you believe in yourself enough, you could change the world. He didn't bring any chidush into the world, but he was confident. Confidence he had, and you gotta learn from that also. He didn't bring any chidushim. You look at his biggest teachings, everything straight out of Pirkeyavis. Everything is what he heard from the Amaran that he was learning with. He didn't say anything new, nothing. He was not machadish a thing. But he was confident. Didn't think you'd be learning from, uh, from Yashka today in the, in the Parsha Shia, right? You never know. Okay, but you can learn something from everybody. You gotta be confident. We have to mamish change the world, Chever. And so that's what he says over here Shabbos is the Nakuda Pnimis. This is the tachlis, this is the purpose, that we can bring it about Shabbos encapsulates that. And Eretz Yisrael is, we know, what Shabbos is in time, Eretz Yisrael is in space. Very briefly, we know that there are three dimensions of existence. We speak about this often as well. In Pneumius, this is basics, it's aleph base. There's the realm of time, there's the realm of space, and there's the realm of human identity. These three things are parallel. Whatever you find in one, you find in the other. So when you talk about Kedusha, for example, you have the Indian of headquarters of holiness in time, space, and the human identity. The headquarter of holiness, and we've said this recently even, the headquarters of holiness in time is Shabbos. 
The headquarters of holiness in place is Eretz Yisrael. The headquarters of holiness in Nefesh is the Tzaddik. And again, these three elements we had already discussed in the first, first piece from the Bas Ayin, right? How we spoke about the connectivity between Eretz Yisrael, the Tzaddik, and Shabbos Kodesh. This is what's called Olam Shana Nefesh. What this building represented, what this place was, it was the encapsulation of Yiddishkeit's deepest, most exalted vision for a perfected world. That's what the Beis HaMikdash was. It was a building, it was something that we don't have connection to. It was everything, it was, it was the air that we breathe. It's every little tiny sivkat and Mishnah brew that we learn, every halacha, every yearning. It's the, it's the encapsulation of the eternal Jews, with a capital E and a capital J, of the eternal Jews' deepest ratzon and yearning. It's Epil Yeshua. That's what the Beis HaMikdash encapsulated. It was everything we don't have that we need. It was the headquarters of holiness, of godliness, of goodliness in the world. That down through that place came all the bracha. We know that the Eben Shesia is in that place, which is the heart of the world that has veins, so to speak. Rabbi Nachman says, and it's brought in other Sfarim Kadmainim, where those veins, much like the heart, sends blood throughout the whole body, giving life to the cells. The Eben Shesia has veins reaching through the whole world that bring life to the world in that place. It's the center of the world. The Israel and Am Yisrael are in Nefesh, what Shabbos is in Zman, and what the Beis HaMikdash, what Eretz Yisrael, is in Makom. The Yisrael, Heim and Akuda, Pnei Umais. What Shabbos is to the six days of the week, what Eretz Yisrael is to the lands of the world, is what Eretz Yisrael is to the nations of the world. It's because of these three in Yanim of because of these three inyanim of the Nekuda Pnimis. This is why the world was created as Chazal tell us Bereshis. What does the word Bereshis stand for? Bishvil Yisrael Shenikur Reishis. Hashem created the world because of Reishis. Not just in the beginning. But Bereshis is Bishvil Reishis. What's Reishis? These three things. And Rashis is Yisrael. Bishvil Yisrael Shnukur Rashis. Shay Yisrael Yishmas HaShabbos. Because we keep Shabbos. Be'inu be'in b'nei Yisrael oisi la'olam. What a privilege. We have that gift. What a gift. We have the gift of Shabbos. We can bring the Shekhinah into our lives. We can become godly. We can become Yashar. We can become spiritually mature. We can walk among the world and we look the same as everybody else on a sidewalk. And we have in our minds what we have in our minds. They couldn't fathom in a billion years the depth and the omic that we have that the Jews have in our mind. What's so painful when you look at tragic pictures out of the Holocaust or in the nine days now we could speak, usually I wouldn't speak about such things you know, not to bring about Shiver and Lev but in the nine days this is the time you look at pictures and you look at Nazis, Yemach Shemam Zichram, holding on to beards of Jews, you know, cutting the beard off. To me the most tragic part of it is not the humiliation it's not the barbaric nature of controlling another human being, of forcing a person, and so on and so forth. And this is the slightest of what they did. But to me, what struck me most powerfully is to see two human beings, but they're pushing not the same species, Bechlam. And not because the Nazis were a subspecies, which of course they weren't even human beings. Aside from that, even the most cultured, so on and so forth, human being. 
how much space is there between the head of a Nazi and the head of a Jewish person when he's standing there cutting his beard off? Do you know how many thousands of miles, spiritually speaking, do you know, do you know the, the rechika, the distance between what's in this one's mind and what's in the, and what's in the Yid's mind? Do you know how Jews live, Mamish, how a Yid lives? His mind is full of shas and poiskin. His mind is full of the deepest Kabbalah, panemius. We're talking about angels, higher than angels. We said perfection is not the goal. It's higher than perfection. Perfection is not the goal. It's higher than perfection. Kedusha is not the goal. It's Kaidish Kadsha. It's Mamish Kaidish Kadasha. That's what kills me. That's what Mamish brings about this agony to see such a thing, to think about such a thing. They didn't even know who they were. They, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's beyond the ability for, the word, for words to capture. But the Jew is the center of the world. Not in an arrogant way. That's just the Metzias. Why is it? I don't know. It's not because we earned it. It's a gift. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu did give us a gift, objective truth, the way life is supposed to be lived. That will come around to it in a thousand years when the whole society falls apart because of their big ideas, their wonderful ideas of messing with certain basic religious and, and moral mores that the world has had for thousands of years. It'll come back to them. This is all you understand. This is one big, and everybody know with certainty, this is the way we're going to progress. It's all one big, um, what's the word? It's a... Okay, it's, the word is slipping my mind. But they don't know for sure. The results are going to come in in 10, 15 years. We're going to see the results of all of this, right? But Am Yisrael have been walking with the same conviction. Look at us. Look at the G'dayli Oilam. Just on a very basic level. Look how long they lived. That's not normal. You look at the G'dayli of the past couple of generations without any external force, of course. You look at you look at the Chazan Ish, you look at the Stipler Goin, you look at you look at all of Ravazner. People who are living lives of radiating light and meaning and depth and goodness. Tzadikim. And you and I can share in that. What a privilege. What an obligation. And it's not something that we have to force on ourselves and it's a burden we carry. It carries us. We don't carry the Torah. The Torah carries us. Mamish. What a privilege. So Am Yisrael are this Nikuda, the center of the world. Therefore, This is why the 39 Malachas are Asr for Am Yisrael on Shabbos. You know why? Why are the Malachas Asr on Shabbos? What's the point of the Beis HaMikdash? Well, so that there can be a home and a dwelling place for God in the world. It's not that we didn't want to desecrate Shabbos or the building of the Mishkan. It was that Shabbos had already covered and carried out whatever the Mishkan was going to bring into the world. Shabbos is the palace in time. It's the Beis HaMikdash in time, in Zman. And that's why from this Pasik Chazal Darshan Isra Alamatas Malachas Bishabis, Mi Pasik Eila Hadvarim Kiyadua, right? Which is a reference to the building of the Mishkan to tell us that Shabbos is Dochad Malachas Mishkan. 
And we finish. The other Nevi'im needed Eretz Yisrael. They needed the physical land. So that they can tap into the Hashras Hashchina that we spoke about. That Moshe Rabbeinu was mamish projecting his voice through the Shechina to all of Am Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu gave his prophecy outside of Eretz Yisrael. Which is not exactly Eretz Yisrael. It's similar, but it's not exactly Eretz Yisrael. Bikurim, for example, is not Chai Ben Yardin, even though the other mitzvahs at Luis Baratz are, but Bikurim isn't. It's not exactly Eretz Yisrael. And the Bnei Gadu Bnei Ruven, not Bnei Shimon, the Bnei Gadu Bnei Ruven were punished, essentially, right? Even though it was gifted to them, but it's not the same as Eretz Yisrael. That's where Moshe gives his prophecy. Because Moshe was on the level where he was able to channel the holiness of Shabbos into his not having Eretz Yisrael. Into his life so that he didn't need the physical land. He was able to live Eretz Yisrael dick, Shabbos dick. Which is a reference to the Lama Tas Malachis. Perish Bekoyach Bechina Shabbos Hamarumas Beela Hadvarim Kanal. Bekoyach Zeh. Like we said, therefore he spoke to Ami Yisrael with such a voice that everyone could hear it. We said the Rem is Look at the letters. After the letters, you'd raise Dalad Nun, spell Shechina. But specifically, he had not gone into the land. Because he lived Shabbistic, because he lived Shchinadik, because he lived with with the Indian of He lived like a Yid Mamish. Asi, he was a Tzadik? Well, not classically. So the Moish Rabbeinu person needs to be a person who sits in three starm and, uh, you know, uh, two hours from Ezra's? Not necessarily. Maybe specifically not. Maybe it's the Pasha Tiyid who doesn't do anything fancy, religiously speaking, but is able to imbue all of his actual mundane humanity with a kavana, with a yud, to bring that down into the nun. Maybe such a person is already living Shabbos dick, is already living Eretz Yisrael dick. Maybe that's the Iker. And I think that this, and with this we'll finish, I think this is a very, very important lesson. Because all of us are yearning for the Beis HaMikdash. Of course, it goes without saying. All of us are yearning for the physical Beis HaMikdash to be, to be built, and it kills us. A person goes to the Kaisal and he sees that big mosque up there. It's like, is there, you know, you talk about the concept of klipas, things that cover other things over. I mean, literally, as the klipas come down from world to world to world to world, this is how they manifest in this world. A mask on top of the Evan Shazia. I mean, that's, you're literally looking in real time, a klipa that's covering over the heart of the world. That's not allowing bracha and parnasa and shefa. And then we wonder, how oh, the world is broken? Of course the world is broken. The channel's clogged. And how are we going to get that out of the way without triggering a third world war? Without, how are we going to change the status quo? We had it. We gave it away. Not getting into that now, but how, what are we supposed to do? So we're yearning and we're davening for things to change. And things will change. But I think that on a very basic level, all of us have the privilege and opportunity to begin already living on that level. And how beautiful of a message that Shabbos goes into Tishabav to let us know that the Shabbosim, but not just actual Shabbos, Chalant and Kiddush and Shabbos meals and davening, Kabbalah Shabbos, not actual Shabbos, but what Shabbos contains and represents 
That's part of the fixing. That's part of the journey toward that which we're mourning over on Tisha B'Av. That we can begin to live Shabbos Dik. Of course we want to come back to Eretz Yisrael. But more than that, it's not just about flying an Israeli flag and Yom Ha'atzma'ut and, 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 and supporting you know, uh, Aliyah. It's more than that. It's a living Eretz Yisrael Dik. That's bigger Tikkun. That's Mamash part of the Tikkun. You could have a person who lives in Eretz Yisrael, like we've said in the past, and yearns for Chutz Laaretz. You could have a person who lives in Chutz Laaretz, but Mamash the yearning. The living Eretz Yisrael, that, that person is already part of the Geula. Like Hazal tell us, Kolha, Miss Abel al Yerushalayim, a person who mourns over Yerushalayim, Zoichev Eroya Bismchasa, literally means that the person will merit to see Yerushalayim and its rebuilding. But the Sadiqim say, it doesn't say futuristically, or Tzadik, it doesn't say one day you'll see the, the, the Beis Hamikdash be rebuilt. It says, Zoche in the moment. If a person lives life properly, he can already begin to see the joy of the Beis HaMikdash embodied in his own life and only dream of that spreading to the next Jew and the next Jew and for a world filled with peace, a world filled with consciousness of our Creator, a world filled with Ratzon Hashem, a world filled with Yashras and holiness and sweetness and goodness and abundant joy. We can get there, Chavra. But it's got to start with us working on it in and of our own lives to achieve what Breslava is called Gula Prati, our own personal Gula. And in as much as all of us can work on that, to begin to live Shabbistic, to begin to live Eretz Yisraelitic, Memela Mashiach will be here. Memela. We're going to have the ability to impact the world, to become shining beacon of light of what MS is. They're going to come with all of their wisdom and all of their, you know, TED Talks and everything. They're going to come running to us. Just tell us how to live in this world. Mia ish hechafitz chaim. We have it. And we were brought up with it, many of us. And so it's like it becomes a chore. But we don't realize. But think about it for a second. Klape, the alternative. What bilbo hadas the world is in right now. How much locus seder. How much things that are just mamish bilbulim. And we're Zoha to live. It's difficult, but we're Zoha to live a life of yashras and of goodness and of nachas and of sweetness and to educate our children to love the world and to be kind just on the most basic level. Forget about the sodos. To be able to live so consciously of what eating is and sleeping is. And the mitzvahs, don't even get me started on the mitzvahs of my simtaifim, what it is, a yontif, a shabbos. Chevra Ashrenu. I know I say it all the time. I really, I really mean it. We're so fortunate. So let's mamish. We have so much joy to be shaloya sani goy. Mishenichnas av mematim b'simcha. It's mematim b'simcha, but it's still simcha. Enechanami. There's still simcha there. So a little bit less joy. But how joyous we deserve to be to march into the Shabbos Chazon. To be able to have a vision of what it is in Eretz Yisrael dika life, a Shabbos dika life, and then hopefully we should be zocha to move in not just to a Tisha B'av, a regular Tisha B'av more educated, more connected, but mamish into a fleishiga, freilich a tisha ba'av, and, uh, and to be able to get together and have the next year in the courtyard of the third base Hamikdash, the Siyat Rishmaya. So, Chavra, I bless you with the most beautiful, wonderful, lichtig Shabbos. We should live Shabbos dik. We should live Eretz Yisrael dik. Ashrenu. We should be dancing from joy a thousand times over. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. A million times over. Ilufinu mali kayam. We wouldn't be able to thank Him enough. So, Mamash Ashrenu, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for taking this journey with me, for believing in the Torah that we're learning, for taking of your time in the middle of the summer to learn with me. And like I said in the very beginning, Be'ezer Hashem, stay tuned for the, uh, the cause match campaign, Be'ezer Hashem, that we're going to be running very successfully, Be'ezer Hashem, on, um, on the 36, uh, I'm sorry, on, uh, on, I just got distracted, on Chai Elul, Be'ezer Hashem, I was thinking, on Chai Elul, Be'ezer Hashem, and, um, 
yeah, so if you're interested in being a part of the campaign on becoming an ambassador, if you think that you can convince your aunts and uncles to contribute to something that I believe with all of my heart is mamish, a chilek of bringing Mashiach. So it's a very big, it's a, it's a big thing. You know, it's mamish what it's all about. So mamish ashreinu, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you so much for learning with me. And I bless you with the most sweet, beautiful, incredible uh, Shabbos Kodesh. Just to answer the question that was asked in the chat, the, the Basayin was, was Rav Avram Dovber Averich from Tzvas. He was a Talmud of the Nehemiah a Talmud of the Berdichever primarily, and he went to, um, he went to, to Tzvas, and, and, and he was a big, big Makubal and Sadik over there with incredible, remarkable stories for a different time to Ezra Hashem. What a privilege to learn his words. Ashrenu Chever. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Thank you so much for joining. Shabbos, good Shabbos. Thank you so much. Haley, lady. Thank you. Good Shabbos.